Okay, we've had a lot of discussion on the air over the past several days about gun control in this country. And it's kind of interesting because when you talk about gun control in this country, even the firearms advocates that we've had on the air and said, hey, we don't have a problem with gun control. There are lots of things that we think make great sense and we fully support. But there are some questions, and I think in many instances, legitimate questions about some of the things that we're doing around guns that... The question needs to be asked, okay, if it's going to be effective and it's going to be meaningful, we support it, but explain to me how it is. So to get some answers about what we're talking about with gun control and where this new proposed legislation is going, when it may actually become law, and there's a lot of uncertainty around it. We're going to chat now with Marco Mendicino, who is the public safety minister uh, for the government of Canada. Um, Minister Mendicino, thanks so much for your time today. I appreciate you joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. So, of course, let's just dive right into this um, new gun legislation. Uh, the centerpiece, of course, is the national handgun freeze. And as you know, there are those who don't like it at all and say that it misses the mark. It's, it's a half measure. They wanted a national handgun ban. So let's start with that side of the argument. It's a freeze, not a ban. What's the difference and why not call it a ban and bring in a ban? Well, um, we listened to a lot of folks, and before we launched this legislation, which is uh, the strongest gun reform um, um, law package in in probably about a generation, um, we spoke with uh, law enforcement, we spoke with victims and survivors groups, we spoke with industry leaders, and we landed on a policy that we think we can uh, implement quickly and decisively and with great impact. And what the freeze will do is on a go-forward, make it illegal for anyone to buy, sell, transfer, or import handguns. Why is this important? Because last week, Statistics Canada showed that the trends are all going in the wrong direction. Gun violence is up, handgun violence specifically is up, and domestic violence in connection with guns are up. And so by um, capping the universe, um, we are going to hopefully stymie that trend and reverse it. But it's not the only thing we're doing, as you know. We're also taking on organized crime with higher sentences for illegal smuggling of guns across our borders. And we're also going to uh, introduce red flag protocols, which will allow anyone to go to a judge and say, take away somebody's license, take away somebody's gun if they pose a threat to anyone else or themselves with additional protections uh, for the individual that steps forward to the court. And we uh, really built in the advice that we got from women's groups uh, and, and survivors groups. So, look, important piece of legislation. It's one step as, as, as part of a, me- a great number of steps that we've got to take to eradicate gun violence in our country. Minister, around that handgun issue, and you mentioned the report from StatsCan last week, and you're absolutely right. It shows a, a, a troubling trend uh, increasing in gun violence and handguns being at the center of that. But it also says, and it points out very clearly in that report, that there are big, big gaps in the data as to where these handguns come from. Very difficult to know what handguns are involved, where those handguns were sourced, if they were legal, if they were illegal. Toronto police have reported that 85% of the guns they've seized that have been involved in crime, they don't know if they're legal or illegal. So with what you're doing around legal handguns, how do you propose that's actually going to help when we don't even know if that's the problem and a lot of people say it isn't? You're, you know, you're right. You raise, uh, I think, a couple of important issues, which is what are the sources of guns used for crime? And one for sure is the border. And I think estimates range anywhere from, you know, as low as 35 or 40 percent, as high as 75 percent. So assuming it's roughly half, because the data does vary, um, we need to beef up our borders. And so what the bill does is it addresses illegal trafficking across our borders by one 
um, sending a very clear signal to organized criminals that if you try to do it, you're going to face stiffer sentences. Two, it also gives police more powers, the bill does, by giving them the ability to wiretap and interdict and stop gun crime from occurring in the first instance. And three, we're going to add more tools and resources uh, to CBSA and RCMP. I was recently out at the Pack Highway in BC. I saw the additional new technologies that they're putting in place, like x-ray technology, so that if guns are embedded in a truck or some other vehicle, we can stop them there. So that's one thing. But the other thing is, you're right, if they're being used here in Canada, so if the gun is um, sold legally here in Canada, we also know that guns can be stolen and then used in the commission of a legal offense. And that's exactly what happened in the uh, Danforth shooting in my hometown. Um, And so we've got to be tackling uh, the the problem on both fronts, both across the border and domestically, and the bill will do that. Um, The other question I had was, you're talking about stiffer sentences for organized crime and for smuggling and things like that, and I think everybody agrees with that. How could you not? Um, The other thing that a lot of police associations have talked about is getting tougher on people who use guns in the commission of an offense, and I think most people are supportive of that. You know, get tougher on bail restrictions, and if you use a firearms offense, there's a minimum sentence that comes along with using that. Minimum sentence you've moved away from, I know, in other areas and for different reasons, but um, police associations have, have recommended this. Is that something that you've considered? Well, for sure. And, you know, the Canadian Association of Chiefs of Police came out yesterday and said that the Bill C-21 will help keep our communities safer and will continue to engage with uh, law enforcement right across the country because we value their advice and the extraordinary work that they do to keep our community safe. And the other thing I think we've got to recognize is in order to really uh, get at the core of the problem, gun violence, you need smart, common-sense gun policy. We believe that Bill C-21 reflects that. You need to support law enforcement at our borders and in our communities. We're doing that with the investments we've made and with the additional powers that are in the Bill C-21. And finally, you've got to get at the root causes of gun crime. And that means addressing social determinants. And by that, I mean access to safe housing, safe schooling, um, and making sure that young people who are at risk uh, make the right choices. And our $250 million Building Safer Communities Fund aims to do just that. And we're going to be rolling that out across the country. You know, I met with uh, Mayor Sohi earlier today uh, from Edmonton. Uh, looking, I've had some good uh, conversations with uh, Mayor Gondek, uh, Mayor, Mayor Giotti from Calgary. Uh, we need to work with uh, municipal leaders as well so that they can create these safe spaces to protect our kids. Um, Minister, there's a lot of, in this in this Bill C-21, or at least in the announcement, there's a lot of talk about, you know, we're going to do this, there'll be additional supports for law enforcement and things like that, but, I mean, this bill hasn't even passed. It's not even legislation at this point, and we've seen a lot of the proposals in this legislation come up before and die on the table. Um, when will this happen? What, what What's the timeline here, and what will it look like once it's implemented? Look, I've made it clear that I'm going to work with all members of Parliament, and I'm ready to take a call from any MP, from any political party, 24-7. It's that urgent. And my uh, urging to uh, to all, all parliamentarians is read the bill, debate the bill, and pass the bill as quickly as possible. The other thing that we've done is, in addition to tabling the law itself, I also tabled uh, amendments to the regulation to the Firearms Act so that the national handgun freeze can come into effect more quickly. But it's up to Parliament to look at those provisions and to determine uh, that we need to put them into place so that we can uh, really reverse the trend around handgun violence. 
which has been going in the wrong direction for far too long. And I hope we can do that as quickly as possible. Um, so as soon as the House reconvenes, that this will be at the front of the agenda and hopefully we'll have this moving very soon. Exactly. And in fact, um, you know, it's 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 uh, my intent uh, to start the debate on this bill tomorrow. So we're not wasting any time. Okay. And as I said, um, we're, we're prepared to work with all parliamentarians to pass it. Wanted to ask you about, you talk about the consultation, and, and as you say, you've spoken with mayors, you've spoken with police associations, you've spoken with doctors, you've spoken with urns groups. I'm, I'm wondering if, have any of this firearms advocacy groups spoken with you? I've had a number of them on the air, and i got to say, they have their issues with this, but at the same time, they seem quite reasonable in saying there are gun control issues that we support, and we'd like to work with the government. Are they part of your consultation? Are they involved in these discussions? Absolutely. And, you know, we're going to continue to engage. And you're right. You know, we're probably not going to agree on every provision under Bill C-21, but that's never, uh, you know, a realistic goal. I mean, I think you try to find compromises where you can. And I do value that, you know, for those uh, uh, individuals who are industry leaders, for those who help to promote safety. And I just do want to give a shout out. I know that hunters and recreational shooters and farmers, you know, vast, vast, vast majority of them follow the law. They care about uh, keeping their guns stored safely, using them safely. That's not what this bill targets. What this bill targets is handgun violence. What this bill targets is organized crime. What this bill targets are the root causes that cause gun crime, and that's why we're prepared to work with everybody to get it passed as quickly as possible. Canadians are counting on us. You know, I mean, I can't tell you the the powerful conversations that I've had with people who have survived the Danforth shooting, Porta Pic and Furrow in Nova Scotia, um, the Quebec City mosque shooting, um, Polytechnique. I mean, these are people whose whose loss is unimaginable, and they wouldn't wish it on anybody else. Mm-hmm. But they're urging us to do the right thing. And so we've got to come together. I know that there's going to be debate, and sometimes that debate can be intense. But I genuinely believe that Canadians can unite behind this bill because it will help us keep communities safer. Yeah, I think they definitely will on some components. And as you say, we're not going to agree on everything. And um, there are some that they won't agree with. But, uh, Minister, I've kept you longer than I said we would. I appreciate your time. Thanks so much for joining us.